Hi, you little holiday cuties. <laughs> Misty and Lisa here popping in. We're doing something. We <laughs> Lisa didn't know I was going to say that. We're doing something we've never done before, and we're re-releasing an episode. I was going to say bungee jumping, but... Well, I, that too. We're doing, we're gonna, that too. seems more pressing. Yeah, but first, yes. we're re-releasing one of our fan favorite episodes, and that is The, the Little, little book, book of Hugo. And we originally released this episode on October 25th mm-hmm. of 2019. What a different world. This is <laughs> this is what a different we had no idea what was coming. Yeah. And actually, I don't know that I've listened to the episode all the way through. Oh, it's so good. Well, we giggle a lot. Because we we didn't know what was coming. That's oh, why. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh it's a time capsule, it's a different mm-hmm. world, a mm-hmm. different us, but Hugo is so appropriate for the holidays. Mm-hmm. And uh, to celebrate this re-release, Lisa has made something pretty fantastic. What have you made, Lisa? I have created, uh, it originally was just a checklist, mm-hmm. but it turned into so much more. So it's a little holiday Hugo handbook to accompany <laughs> you for this this mo- this holiday, this month and, and after, and as you move forward in in the world, basically, this is a time that is insane. And so a lot of us feel very run down or, or the, the traditions and everything is happening so fast and I don't feel like I'm absorbing it or it's not- Of the holidays. Of the mean. holidays. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's just not, it's not sinking in. I don't feel connected. Sure. And so, as you know, Hugo is a wonderful way to be present in the moment. So And um, to feel really, really cozy. Yeah, and this time when the gets dark at noon. So um it's <laughs> in gonna, my heart. Yeah, there's three sections to help you get more Hugo at home. Um you get Muga. Oh Hugo and Muga. Hugo for Huga? Hugo for Yuga. Thank at you. At home, um, <laughs> with yourself, and then kind of in the world. Because Huga is about uh, community, too. So it's just, a, and then at the end, there'll be a, a little prompt for you to find all the different ways that you can get more Yuga in your life. I have to tell you, even if you do nothing, none of the uh, things suggested in Lisa's guide, it just makes me feel cozy reading it. It is very cozy. It's super sweet. It's something that you can send to your relatives and just enjoy. So if you want to um, see a really cozy, fun peek inside of Lisa's brain and learn about (laughs) Yuga and be comforted for the holidays, um, we will put a link to that free holiday Yuga hand book yeah. in show notes. And you can also find it at gohelpyourself.co. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Get ha- cozy. Happy holidays. Get cozy beers. Hugo. Bum, 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 Go help yourself. Uh, this is a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. It is. Hopefully. That's our goal. We're not saying we're reaching it every time. Or your because, money back. As you know, we all need a growth mindset when we uh, fail. Is my voice deep today? It is deep today. Con- congratulations. Hello, and welcome to Go 
Help yourself. That sultry lady is Lisa Linky. And that bright ray of sunshine <laughs> is Mastistiana. And this is the podcast where we read and review and share with you the main points of a very popular self-help book. Or not so popular, but still or, we do it. Yeah, we try to not get too niche yet. Maybe <laughs> maybe next year as we've combed through the top 52. I just had the niche Nash. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, Thank God. you. Oh, God, you guys, we're at the beginning of our recording session, and it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. Buckle up. And also, if you're in the car, hopefully you're buckled up anyway. Yes. Yeah, but the point is, yes. we're reading the books so that you don't, you have, don't to. have to. Or if you get super into it, you might want to go buy the book That's and right. get into it. Either way, you will be gleaning and enjoying and gleaming with and joy. And gleaning with joy uh, all of the poignant points mm. of a, of these books so that you can sound well-read at dinner parties. Mm. You can sort of be condescending to your siblings if you want to. You can be that person who's like, actually, in The Secret, um, they say that. <laughs> I did is, that the other day. I go, I hate that I'm doing this, but in Mel Robbins' 5-4-3-2 five-second rule, yeah. I did, and they were like, what? And I said, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just that I read so much self-help now. No, that's what I've, that's what I've become, and I am that person. So we also want to apologize in advance. <laughs> Anyway, Lisa. Yes, hold on. We have a few more things to say. Yeah. We cuss a lot. So if you can't take a fucking joke, get over it. Get the fuck out. Um, and we're also joined by our inimitable. 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 One of those. Producer. Sav. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And um, when you glean these points, you can get the life-altering self-help perspective that you've been craving or that others have been craving for Yeah, you. that reframe that you need to not be such an asshole. Yeah. Or, because let me tell you, I hate these books, just mm. inherently that they exist. And Misty is really great at like a sharpshooter. She goes in, she finds what works, and then she just pops right back well, out. Well, I would also argue that you... You are so great with great advice and therapy and other aspects of self-help have really resonated with you. Well, thank you. But and I would say that by you arguing, you're being a little more like me right I now. I am. We're merging. Um, but, and, but you hate oh, being told what to do. I do. And so if you also hate being told what to do, if you hear what we're sharing from this book and you hate it, we've saved you time and Men mental stress. You are so welcome. You're welcome. We're doing this you for you. You can send a thank you card I mean, to Fairfax Village Studios. I haven't received enough uh, thank you cards yet, quite honestly. Okay, so Lisa. Yeah. What have you brought for us to dissect today? Oh, oh, like a little frog. That's right. I have brought the little book of Hygge. Hygge? Mm -hmm. But it says H-Y-G-G-E, which I would think is Hi. Yeah, well, you're American, and this is That's a Danish right. word. Hygge. Or Hygge. Hygge. Or Hygge. Hygge. You don't have to put a H on it. Oh, Hygge. Hygge or Hygge. Hygge. Everybody on three, one, two, three. Hygge. There you go. <laughs> um, Misty, tell me what you see in this adorable little book. Okay, so this is a cute, it's stouter than a normal book. Mm -hmm. um, it's got, on the spine, it's blue. It says the little book of Hugo. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like a cream colored and it has, oh, it's got two candles on either side of a kettle that's boiling. Mm -hmm. um, and it says the author, I don't know how to say that I think name. it's uh, Mick. M-I-K. Viking? Uh, I guess it would be. It's, uh, 
W-I-K-I-N-G, CEO of the Happiness Research Institute in Copenhagen. You are correct. That is interesting. So this is the Little Book of Hugo, Danish Secrets to Happy Living by Mick or Mike, M-E-I-K, Viking Viking. Listen, he may be very famous in happiness, but, you know, I don't know his name. <laughs> okay, this was uh, released in 2017. It's oh. 240 pages. The hardcover is 1119. The Kindle is 999. The Audible is 1824, narrated by the author. And it is a New York Times bestseller. Wow. Okay, about the author from the Happiness Research Institute website. He is the CEO of the Happiness Research Institute. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you. He is a research associate for Denmark at the World Database of Happiness, member of of the Policy Advisory Group for the Global Happiness Policy Report and a founding member of the Latin American Network for Well-Being and Quality of Life Policies. Do you think any day that he has a bad day on the job, he's like, oh, God, because he's the, no. the chairman of, of happiness of the world? <laughs> no, I think he never has a bad day. He's a New York Times bestselling author and has written several books and reports on happiness, subjective well-being, and quality of life. His books have sold over one million copies worldwide. He's a frequent that would speaker make me happy too. Mm-hmm, at a variety of conferences and seminars on happiness around the world. Previously, he worked for the Danish Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Vilstrup Research, and as a director for the think tank Monday Morning. He holds a degree in business and political science from Roskilde University. Thank you. Okay, from Wiki. Hygge, pronounced Hygge or Hygge. I like Hygge. I know. Is a a Danish (laughs) and Norwegian word for a mood of coziness and comfortable conviviality with feelings of wellness and contentment. Oh, I love a casual drop of conviviality into Mm -hmm. the lexicon. As a cultural category with its sets of of, of associated practices, Hygge has more or less the same meanings in Danish and Norwegian, but the notion is more central in Denmark than Norway. The emphasis on Hygge is part of a Danish culture is a recent phenomenon dating to the late 20th century. Mm-hmm. So there are 14 chapters in the book um, with an introduction and another foreword. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the chapters are light. We need to talk about Hygge, togetherness, food and drink, clothing, home, Hygge outside the home, Hygge all year round, Hygge on the cheap, Hygge tour of Copenhagen, Christmas, Summer Hugo, Five Dimensions of Hugo, Hugo and Happiness. Oh, man, you're going to say Hugo so many times. You have no idea. Well, okay, so is it sort of like a playful coziness? We're going to get into it a lot. You're going to understand by the end of this. The first thing that comes to mind is as I'm walking through the Ikea showroom, how every, every display is so cozy. Well, is Ikea Swedish or Danish? It's. I think it's Swedish. So it's neither... Danish or Norwegian, which is, but it... No, but my point is, yeah, I know that. My point is it invokes Hugo. Like I was there, I was there just a couple weeks ago buying a new mattress and um, uh, every single bedroom is like lit the perfect way and there's all these cozy blankets and those little like fake fur rugs. It's lovely. So I'm going to read you the introduction to how to explain Hugo. Hugo. It says, Hugo, Hyuga. Herg. It's not important how you choose to pronounce or even spell Hugo. To paraphrase one of the greatest philosophers of our time, Winnie the Pooh. Thank you. When asked how to spell a certain emotion, you don't spell it, you feel it. Oh, thank However, you. spelling and pronouncing Hugo is the easy part. Explaining exactly what it is, that's the tricky part. Hugo has been called everything from the art of creating intimacy, coziness of the soul, and the absence of annoyance to taking pleasure from the presence of soothing things, 
Cozy Togetherness, and my personal favorite, Coco by Candlelight. Thank you. The for, art of creating intimacy. Yeah. Wow. I think Cozy Togetherness explains it the best for me after right. reading this book. Right. Huga is about an atmosphere and an experience rather than about things. It is about being with the people we love, a feeling of home, a feeling that we are safe, that we are shielded from the world and allow ourselves to let our guard down. You may be having an endless conversation about the small or big things in life or just be comfortable in each other's silent company or simply just be by yourself enjoying a cup of tea. Mm. One December, just before Christmas, I was spending the weekend with some friends at an old cabin. The shortest day of the year was brightened by the blanket of snow covering the surrounding landscape. When the sun set around four in the afternoon, we would not see it again for 17 hours and we headed inside to get the fire going. We were all tired after hiking, and we were half asleep, sitting in a semicircle around the fireplace in the cabin, wearing big sweaters and woolen socks. The only sounds you could hear were the stew boiling, the sparks from the fireplace, and someone having a sip of mulled wine. Then one of my friends broke the silence. Could this be any more Hugo? he asked rhetorically. <laughs> yes, one of the women said after a moment. If there was a storm raging outside, we all nodded. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. So, and then this, one of my friends broke the silence. Thank you. Um, so <laughs> then the forward, the key to happiness. Uh, the Happiness Research Institute is based in Denmark, and they chose their office based on Hygge, and they have candles going all the time. And Denmark is consistently ranked as one of the happiest nations in the world. Because of the candles. Well, well, people all over the world want to know why, because Danes enjoy well-being, quality of life, and happiness on high levels while experiencing horrific weather and some of the highest tax rates in the world. <laughs> Thank you. The author does note the welfare state in Denmark is a sense of investment into society versus paying taxes. So the right. so the the citizens feel it's not paying taxes, it's investing into society. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And is do they, do they have universal health care oh, yeah. and okay. yeah, yeah. So a lot of basic needs are taken care of. Yeah, so they do pay high tax rates. They do not have like long summers. They, right. right. They have long long winters. They have lots of snow and inclement weather, but they're the happiest people in the world. Holy moly. But Hygge is something that exists in Denmark and Norway and he started researching it to see how Hygge and happiness are linked. Danes are the happiest in Europe and they and they meet most often with friends and family and feel most calm and peaceful. I said I'm moving to Denmark. I was just about to say that. We're listen Go Help Yourself is going international. We're going to be releasing. If you, if you listen to us in Denmark, well, happy Hygge to you. If you listen to us in Denmark, can we come stay with you? Are you listening to us by candlelight? <gasps> please take a picture oh, and post it. Oh, my God. If you are in Denmark, please take cooking? a picture of your Are you Hygge? cooking a boiling pot of stew? Do an Instagram story with us. Oh, my God. Us. We oh, will repost. We, we will you. be so grateful. Ah, okay. I'm feeling so hygge -ish. Thank you. Chapter one, light. Quote from the book, no recipe for Hygge is complete without candles. When Danes are asked what they most associate with Hygge, an overwhelming 85% will mention candles. Hell yeah. The word for spoil sport in Danish is leislukke, which means no the, candles. The one who puts out the candles. No. <laughs> no. So Hold more, on, say that again. Le I mean, I'm just L-Y-S-E-S-L-U-K-K-E-R. So Lysluker is what Lysluker. I'm guessing. Lysluker. More than half of Danes light candles every day during autumn and winter, and 28% light them every day year-round. Okay, so you know that my stem brain is immediately going to um, candles, 
when inhaled, especially in the wintertime, can be pretty bad for your Well, lungs. he talks about this, and he's like, the Danes oh. are completely eco-conscious, but they refuse to give up their candles. Amazing. Well, also, I mean, like, different—all wax is not created equal, yeah. right? So you can look up, like— but if you're going to burn tea lights and all those candles a lot— Oh, yeah, if you're going to—you're basically inhaling paraffin wax all day long mm-hmm. if you're doing that, but— Beeswax is supposed to be a little bit better. I think a coconut wax blend. The you want to go easy on the soy. He says the Danes do not care. They're like, look, we're healthy. We can go to the doctor whenever we need to get our lungs checked. We're burning these candles. Don't take away my Hugo. Thank you. Um, get this. More than a third of those people who light them every day year round more, light more than five candles at a time. I feel like I found my people. Yes, you might be Because Danish. how many times have I been like, hashtag self-care? I text Lisa with hashtags, and I'm like, I just bought five fancy candles. I <laughs> this is how I spend or she'll my te- money. You guys, she'll text me at the um, counter where she's checking out, mm-hmm. and she'll be like, I put one back, and they'll be like, five candles. Five. I'm like, I just dropped $100 That's on amazing. candles. God. Okay, so it's not just candles. It's also lamps. Danes are obsessed with creating pools of light. So a camera flash is like 5,000 Kelvin. Sure. That's how you register it. And is it not lumens? When, where do lumens come in? Well, that's the heat. So oh, Kelvin is okay. heat. And a Hugo sweet spot is 1,800 Kelvin. So okay. the lower the temperature of the light, the higher the Hugo. So, and by temperature, you mean not bright white light, but more like a warm. That's what light temperature means, right? Well, Kelvin is a degree, is a temperature. So, like, when you measure the degree of something in Kelvin, mm. that's how. So, uh, oh. you're getting into an area of STEM that I am not familiar with. So oh, I, would say, I don't think it's that. Yeah, basically just like, truly outrageous, truly, truly, truly Thank you. So the author says that the obsession with lighting comes from the lack of contact with it in the natural world from October to March. Oh, this Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. He says this is why Hugo has been refined to the level that it has and why it is seen as part of the national identity and culture in Denmark. It's a necessity. It's the antidote to cold winter, rainy days, and and a duvet of darkness. Oh, my God. Even the way they describe that. Yeah. So he shows pictures of classic Danish lamps and gives a Hugo tip. Bring out the candles. And if using electric light, consider using several smaller lamps versus one big bright one. And so I'm yes. going to show you, Misty, the picture of the lamps, which you will recognize right away. And all of you, if you're thinking about um, that classic <gasps> Ikea lamp that's like the sw- swirly, like waves, the, it, the white Yeah, it's like ball. a ball. It almost looks like a... Like a ball of tool, yeah. but as a lamp. Mm-hmm. It's like, but and I, at IKEA, it's like oh, yeah. plastic. You know, yes. yeah. So, um, uh, great. Uh, that's chapter one. <laughs> great. Chapter two. We need to talk about Hugo. By, <laughs> I love the way you said that. Also, I love that they started with light because you could have the most beautifully decorated home mm-hmm. and it will look like shit if well, it is not in the Sarah right. My is obsessed with light. And yeah. truth be told, every yes. time she would visit my apartment here in LA for like the first six times, she would reorganize my lamps uh, yes. such that it was difficult for a while but I just let her do it well and you know that I invested in Philips Hughes bulbs which can be dimmed changed different colors Mm. turned on in different way like I can just have the two lamps on etc yeah very important I don't think I'm Danish because I just like on and off you and I don't have enough light in got it you might not be Danish because you're not Danish you know what I mean why don't you suck on my Danish all right thank you chapter two we need to talk about Hugo 
This chapter is about how Hygge came to be in Denmark and the Netherlands and how it's practiced around the world. Um, Some other Hygge-adjacent words. Hygge-lig is Hygge-like. This freak-a-leak. Hygge-lig. Thank you. And if Danes believe it can be translated, 35% say no. Um, It's an interesting read, but here's the Hygge manifesto. One, atmosphere. Turn down the lights. Turn down the lights. Light Uh, a uh, candle. uh, uh. Number two, presence. Be here now. Turn off the phones. Thank you. Three, pleasure. Coffee, cakes, chocolate, cookies. I say yes. Four, equality. We over me. (gasps) Share in the tasks and the airtime. That's what what I spent like $1,000 in couples therapy to learn is turn... Turn Me down the lights. Shut off the phone. Uh, uh, Shut your uh, mouth. Uh, take uh, turns. Uh, uh, we love that Bonnie Raitt song. Um, <laughs> number five, gratitude. Take it in. This might be as good as it gets. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Twelve, realism. Yeah. Also, I need to go back and let you guys know that when Misty was... Uh, uh-uh. She was doing a massive shoulder pop. It was That's really right. I want to be in my body and be mm-hmm. here now because this may be as good as it That's gets. That's right. Number this may be as good as the episode <laughs> gets. You. So Number six, stay with us. Harmony. It's not a competition. We already like you. There is no need to brag about your achievements. This is. This sounds like, like in the best way. A cult? The antithesis, thank you, the, a cozy cult. Mm-hmm. The antithesis of, like, American, like, every time I meet someone new, it's like, hey, let's take a flash photo on our phone and let me tell you about what I do for work. Yeah, it's, yeah, this is the antithesis of L.A. Number seven, comfort. Get comfy. Take a break. It's all about relaxation. Eight, truce. No drama. Let's discuss politics another day. Nine, <laughs> togetherness. Build relationships and narratives. Do you remember the time we... That's an example of how to start a sentence there. Do you remember the time we did that incredible episode on Hygge and we decided to live record a nap? Yeah, Yeah. in the middle. Ten, shelter. This is your tribe. This is a place of peace and security. That's the Hygge Manifesto. That is so beautiful. I could cry. Please it's don't. like all I strive. Please don't. Please don't. So this isn't a safe space. This is not my Hugo. This is not your Hugo right now. It's not now. my Hugo. There's no pot of mulled wine boiling on the stove. There could be. Sad. Get on it, Sad. No. <laughs> Chapter three, togetherness. The author talks about how in the workplace, people with children usually leave around four to head home, pick up the kids, and make dinner. People without kids leave at five. I'm moving to Denmark. While 60% of Europeans report socializing with friends or family at least once a week, 78% of Danes do. I'm sorry, what was the statistic, the first one? 60% of Europeans report socializing with friends or family at least once a week, Mm -hmm. while 78% of Danes report that they do. That's a huge jump. Yeah, it is. I wonder how many Americans report socializing with people. Two. Oxytocin is the feel-good hormone. It's released when we feel loved, warm, and safe, which is what Huga is. Social relationships are tied with happiness. So Huga happening together is possibly why Danes are so happy. I fucking bet. Over half of Danes think three to four people is the perfect number for Hugo, because this is the group of people that you've known your whole life. It's your close group. And the author does acknowledge that it makes letting new people in very hard. And there is a brief section on Hugo for introverts, that it's a way of being social without being draining for them. And for extroverts, totally. try lighting a few candles with just a few people for the night. You don't have to party balls. So th- did. Did he say you don't have to party balls? I mean, that might be like an editorial note. So it's so interesting because I, you know, 
for a long time, I thought I was extroverted, but I would get really, really drained mm-hmm. in social situations and need to recharge by being by myself and in a quiet, dark place. So anytime anybody for the past like a year has said, hey, let's get drinks. If it's somebody that I've met before and enjoy, I invite them over for a cup of tea. Like I had my friend Julia over the other night to paint. I just got out some canvases and we painted mm-hmm. and we chatted and it it is so much better in community building. Yeah. Than like I love inviting a friend over to sketch yeah. their body nude. Yeah. But that's really interesting about the sort of clickiness that is this other I don't think you heard me. I'm sorry, what did you say? I said to sketch their body nude. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Because you were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, everyone does that. I'm nude right now. Lisa's got a pencil out. It's great. Thank you. That's my pencil. Okay. Chapter four, food and drink. Chocolate with hot chocolate. Dames eat a lot of meat. A lot. Hugo is about treating yourself, but it doesn't need to be extravagant. Foie gras? No. But prosciutto? Yeah. No. Popcorn? Yes. Okay. Sweets or cake? Yes. Carrot sticks? No. The European average for eating sweets is nine pounds per year. The Danish? 18 pounds. Oh, but they're so much happier and more social. You know what? They they have great And they have great health care. They're second only to the Finnish, but they're about to take over. And it's not all sweets. The longer it takes a dish to cook, the more hygelig or hygelike it is. Then he gives five recipes that will definitely get the hyga going, like mulled wine, Danish meatballs and curry, and more. Mm, I don't think that's a very shishi recipe. Well, it's actually not. It's just like chicken in a Dutch oven with like... Carrots and some wine and potatoes, but it takes a long. It's like okay. you kind of leave it stewing for like two hours. Maybe I don't remember the other three. And I I'm going to make it for down. you, and you're going to come over. and We're going to put blankets on okay. and like candles and be good. best friends. Sketch each other naked. Chapter five: Clothing. <laughs> Casual is key. Okay. There are not many three-piece suits in Copenhagen. Okay. To dress like a Dane, scarves are a must. Wear black. Bulky sweaters on top and leggings or skinny jeans on the bottoms. Okay. Layers. You can't hug it when you are cold. Woolen socks. Oh, hu- casual can hair. can be a verb. You can't hugo when you are cold. Yeah, sure. So you can have hugo, you can create hugo, and mean, you can hugo. Uh, I don't know if you can use it as a verb, but he did. Okay, well, then maybe I'm I did. say you can. Maybe I did. What's hugo? And he was like, basically, Danish women pull their hair up into a high, messy button ponytail, mm. and that's it. They're probably so gorgeous. They are. Chapter six, home. Ten things that will make your home more hugelig. Hugekrog or hugekrow. Oh, that's how you say it. Hugekrow. But it looks like H-Y-G-G-E-K-R-O-G. It's a nook in your kitchen or living room where you can sit and have a hugelig time. A fireplace. It's an, it's an adjective as well. Uh-huh. Candles, things made of wood. Oh, yeah. Nature. Yeah. Books, ceramics. Think tactile, not just how things look, but how they feel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Vintage, blankets, and cushions. So each of these have much more detail in the book, um, but I'm going to read you a Huga emergency kit from page 107. Great. And it makes me think of why those um, sort of... Is macrame the right word? Those sort of yeah. woven wall hangers 100%, are so 100%. popular? 100%. Um, here is your Huga emergency kit. It says you may also consider building a Huga emergency kit stored up for those evenings when you are low on energy, have no plans, and don't feel like going out, and you're in the mood for some quality time alone. Have a box, cupboard, or suitcase filled with Huga essentials. 
The list below might give you inspiration as to what you put in it, but of course, it's completely up to you to decide and discover what you need for a fast track to Hugo. One, I bet you can guess what's number one. Candle. You are right. Open flame. <laughs> Two, some good quality chocolate. Why not visit the closest chocolatier and bring home a little box of high quality chocolate? Or if you are if you are in Los Angeles, may I recommend C's Candies? Did you know they did that for Maisel Day? They did like a buck 25 for a pound. Did you know I heard about... For a pound? Oh my God. I heard about Maisel Day at the end of the day. I know. I was on set. It was terrible. Oh my God. It doesn't have to be expensive. Just a little treat to savor every now and then. If you're like me, make a contract with yourself that you can have one piece per day or per week. Otherwise, it tends to disappear very quickly. Yes. Otherwise, how are you going to get through your 18 pounds a year if you're not eating one every single day? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Having it as a weekly or daily ritual will give you a little pleasure to look forward to each day. Two, oh, three, your favorite tea. He says mine is currently rooibos. Thank you. Four, I love rooibos tea. Your favorite book. What book makes you forget the world and disappear between the pages? Find out and put it in the emergency kit for those Huga evenings. If you have a job like mine where you t tend to read a lot of stuff and quickly absorb the key points, you may need to rush through the pages when you finally pick up fiction. Mm. We are tempted to turn immediately to the last page and say, ah, what do you know? It was a double agent all along. Remember, this is a different kind of reading. Read slowly and see the story play out. My go-to book is A Farewell to Arms by Ernest Hemingway. Oh, Five, your favorite film or TV series. His says, mine is Matador, a Danish drama shot almost 40 years ago. Nostalgia. Thank you. Six, jam. Oh, Lisa is sliding across the table at me. She brought a jam this morning. It's Heidi's Organic, Raspberry, and Red Chili Jam. It was given to me as a gift by my friend Natalie Kosar and her girlfriend after they came to stay with me for a few days it before their friend's wedding. awesome. It is delicious. A little spicy? It's a little spicy. Okay. Um, great. He says there's something hugelig about jam, especially, if you, especially uh, if you or someone you know has made it. Seven, oh. a good pair of woolen socks. Eight, a selection of your favorite letters. The spoken word ceases to exist the moment it is born, but with the written language, we are able to hear words from centuries ago or the words of loved ones far away. Reading old letters is a hugelig way of relaxing, remembering, and reconnecting. Oh, that's really beautiful. It is. He says, there's something more hugelig about a letter on paper than a letter on screen. If you grew up in the last century as I did, you'll have those handwritten letters safely stored away. But letters written in the internet age may be printed and stored as well. Nine, a warm sweater. 10. A notebook. Keep a nice notebook in your Huga emergency kit. We may Huga. call this your Huga journal. Huga. The first exercise is to note down some of the most Hugelig moments you have experienced in the past month or year. Hugelig. This will allow you to enjoy them again and make you mindful of, of which experiences you most enjoyed. For the second exercise, think of what kind of Hugelig experiences you would like to have in the future. A bucket list of Huga, if you will. Bucket. <laughs> 11. A nice blanket. <laughs> 12, a paper and pen. It was nice and hugelig to read those old letters, wasn't it? Why not return the favor? Take mm. the time to write a handwritten letter. A handwritten letter. Yep, we're here for it. Think of someone who you are grateful to uh, to have in your life and write to them and tell them why. So also, where are the tissues? Because you'll just be crying. You'll I be think, in your feelings. Sure, I like that. Mm -hmm. 13, music. 
Mm. Vinyl should be considered more hygelic than digital, but services like iTunes and Spotify allow you to create a Hugo playlist that's up and running. There are Hugo playlists on Spotify. What? Mm-hmm. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of Gregory Allen Isakoff, oh, he's great, and Charles Bradley, but you may want to go with the Danish artist Agnes Obel. 14. A photo album. You know all those photos you uploaded on Facebook? Why not select a hundred of your favorite and have them printed? Oh, oh, pause. What he just described there is like 14 hours of work. Okay. Going so through. So maybe don't do that. What a task. Anybody else's stomach get tight? Mine? No, just me? Okay. No, I, you're dry heaving. Okay. I also have photo albums. I use a couple apps like um, Keepsake or yeah. uh, there's Fox Print, which you can print right from your Instagram, which is great. I love that. Um, have select a hundred of your favorite and have them printed an album of printed photos is much more hygelig than to browse through on a stormy night um, than your phone with a mug of tea you know what's also interesting about this is well I guess it's not in contrast I was going to say this feels like it in some ways bumps up against the life-changing magic of tidying up Mm -hmm. because it's about you know print a hundred photos and have an album and sort of bring that into your life which Marie Kondo may say get rid of that miscellany but if it brings you joy and you look at it often, right? You know I hate Marie Kondo. You hate her? <laughs> I don't hate her, but I hate the life-changing magic of tidying up. Oh. Well, it just bumps up against, like, the greatest generation mentality and, yeah. and that sort of thing. I mean, again, but I, I don't hate her and I don't hate it. What you brought up and what we talked about in in detail and the minisodes after— was that it's a culture, right? Yeah. So I don't think it bumps up again because this is a different culture. So I would never sure. try to apply, apply Shintoism to Danish Hygge. Hygge. Do you right. know what I mean? I, I am trying to synthesize all of the different... Yeah, so I, I hear that. And so where I get stuck and say, ooh, let's not, is because I don't <laughs> think we can, right? I don't think sure. it's fair to try and say, how do these, how do, how do these connect? Because they don't. How do right. I reconcile these? Because they can't. Because maybe they don't. Right? Because they come from two different parts of the world. They come from sure. two different religions and two different countries. So for me, I think this is where I struggle with self-help. Because if you if you take in a lot of self-help, you hear absolutely conflicting things. And then it's upon the individual to try to, 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 try to figure sure. it out. Sure. I actually don't think they conflict that much. And I'll only digress for a moment. It's, you know, if you're looking around and you're going, I want my... I, I live in Denmark and I want my home to feel more Hugo. Then you might go, okay, I'm only going to keep the things that make me feel warm and cozy and lovely and like refine my Hugo. That spark yes, joy and Except Hygge. that Hugo isn't about 100% of the time. It's about yeah. creating a, por- a portion of the time. And in, sure. t- and in times to do that, you need certain things to do that. You probably need a shit ton of candles. Yeah. Yeah. And that you get. You, you, you're going to have a drawer full of candles. Yeah. Oh, I have a big drawer full of candles. So I hear what you're saying. I think there's validity to it. I think some people will feel very comfortable mixing the two. Yeah. I think some people like you and I who have strategy brains who are like, how do these go together? They maybe don't. Right. And so I just think, well, these are two different parts of the world yeah. that do different things. Totally. I just want to highlight like... These are two completely different, well, yeah. not completely different, but they're very different approaches. They really are. To how do we make our homes these sort of oases? Well, I oases? think one is valuing oases. minimalism and one is value, or not necessarily minimalism, but like only things that spark, spark joy. joy. And this is and like one is valuing a, a sense of atmosphere. Yeah. 
And that may require more things. Bringing more things yeah. in. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. We've resolved that. High five. Did we? Did we, though? Mm-hmm. We're moving on. Chapter 7, Hugo Outside the Home. Okay. So the author talks about a weekend vacation with his family at this beach cottage that was like the most Hugo weekend he spent all year. And it was, it was in an unfamiliar place. But oh. it was Hugo because it was all about casualness and being in the present moment and being close to nature. Well, and, and also, that's great. And I, I also wonder if you've ever had that an experience where you walk into a friend's house or a relative's house or you walk into an airbnb and you just go oh i feel so at home Mm -hmm. here so he gives tips for bringing hygge to work but i'll just read one on page 20 at 120 bring hygge to your cubicle your boss walks over you're wrapped in a faux fur blanket blanket. you've got a 14 candle with a wood wick in Uh your hand you're drinking hot cocoa you've got wool socks they're propped up on the desk (laughs) it says hygge cubicle life Maybe you can't change the office. Thank you. Hugo Cole. Hugo Cole. But what about your desk? Could you add some plants, have some Hugo socks in the drawer for working in the late evenings? Or or go all the way, think of your cubicle as the bat cave of Hugo and be the secret Hugo hero at the office. The one that leaves a nice piece of chocolate at your colleagues' desks while they are at lunch. Oh, that's so fun. It's even more fun if it's anonymous and you never tell them it's you. Okay. Now everybody at work knows that it's Misty. I like having a secret. Chapter 8, Hugo Year-Round. This chapter is full of suggestions to do Hugo-like things year-round, like each month that gives a suggestion. Oh, I am curious Can about summer because it's like bright and hot. So you're not going to want to like cozy up. Well, so it's it's telling like once a month things that have to do with being in nature, taking advantage of the things that happen like meteor showers to go outside oh, and look yeah. at them or having like a movie night in. But each mm. of them are planned in advance. So it's kind of looking at the calendar, looking at what's happening and planning Hugo in, in advance. Um, chapter nine is Chapter nine is Hugo on the cheap. And it says Hugo doesn't have to be fancy. Oysters and champagne are not Hugo. They are not Hugo. No. Um, and I'm going to read 10 inexpensive Hugo activities. Thank you for this. From page 142. I was thinking of my friend Misty because I know you would love this. Oh, All right. And frugal to the core. I'm just going to read the activities and not the, the descriptions, but they're Great. beautiful descriptions. Great. Uh, one, bring out the board games. Yes. Two, have a pantry party. Um, this is just every person brings ingredients to make something that goes in the pantry like strawberry jam or sweet pickle relish or ketchup or whatever oh how fun three tv night four croquet which could be done in summer okay. five set up a mini library like a neighborhood library oh uh, like a little free library mm-hmm. so my friend Allie did this really incredible thing while she was in grad school as part of an experiment and she went around to little free libraries in her neighborhood and she um, put little free art kits in there. So mm. she basically took, um, if I'm remembering correctly, like a, a bag, a Ziploc bag with some sketch pieces of sketch paper, a mm-hmm. pack of crayons, mm-hmm. maybe some pens, maybe if you want to and have the means, a little paint palette and a little paintbrush. And she stuck a little note in there that said, email a picture of your art to this email address if you feel like it. But it was just to give kids access Mm -hmm. to art supplies should they want it. And she put them um, all around the the Tampa Bay area in Florida. And she started getting these incredible photos of kids' art. I don't I don't remember. I think she shared it as sort of part of her grad school project. Oh, that's but that's also a really fun thing that you can do to sort of heighten these already cool yeah. um 
things. And it's, yeah. God, how exciting would that be to get an email? I love that. that. Okay. Six, Lovely. make a fire. Seven, outdoor movies. Yeah. Eight, a swap party. It's okay. Fun. So like people can go through their closets and take clothes they don't like. Yeah, or swap. it doesn't have to be clothing. It could be like um, lamps, chairs, cooks. Cool. Mm-hmm. Nine, sledding. Ten, play. Just having a play. I And I will say, and thinking about the little free libraries that are in my neighborhood, yeah. and there's quite a few, they really do foster a sense of like charm and inclusion and community, and it's lovely. Yeah, and he says with that, do it as a neighborhood so that it doesn't just start with like three books. Like it really needs to start as an entire thing. So get yeah. get your neighbors together. Get, Have everybody you know, over. 30 we can books. build our little. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So chapter 10 is a Hugo tour of Copenhagen. If you're going to go to Denmark and be in Copenhagen, he gives um, great resources to experience Hugo, like restaurants and, and places like that. Chapter 11 is Christmas. He says a Danish Christmas will always be planned, thought of and evaluated in relation to the concept of Hugo. In this chapter, the author outlines a proper Danish Hugelig Christmas with some recipes and crafts, too. I wonder if this is why um, the winter holidays are so highly anticipated, because it's sort of, I guess, I can only speak for North America, right, and um, uh, America, uh, uh, the United States of America, but... You know, it's like it's sort of the only time that everybody comes together as a society often, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. to intentionally go, we're going to be cozy. We're having get togethers. Mm-hmm. We are bringing out the socks and the candles, you know. So it's yeah. sort of like I guess I'm thinking that yoga is like incorporating a lot more of those elements we so look forward to year round. Yeah. Which is lovely. And now the next chapter, your favorite, chapter 12, Summer Hygge. Hygge. Which you were asking for. So reading in the shade of a tree, long summer night, standing around a barbecue with your friends. So this is Summer Hygge, right? Okay. Remember, it's about yes. Conviviality. So the, these are the author's suggestions. Like if you don't have any ideas of your own, Orchard picking, barbecue with family and friends, join or build a community garden, picnics by the beach, and bike around. Yes. So Danes love their bikes. Really quickly, yeah. uh, I wanted to make sure I knew the exact definition of conviviality. Yes. It is the quality of being friendly and lively. Friendly, friendliness. Synonyms are friendliness, geniality, affability, amiability, Good humor, warmth, good nature, sociability. Yes. Um, so the Dane, he suggests a cargo bike, which is where you can transport your kids, your dog, your spouse, and items you've shopped for around in front. It's a large three-wheeled bicycle with a big box in front. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to put a puppy in there and a small <laughs> right. bouquet of flowers, and I'm going to be so happy. And here's where he starts to um, bring in some of his uh, uh, experience. He links some research uh, for biking to happiness. Great. Um, chapter 13, the five dimensions of Hugo. I'm going to read this section to you from Thank page you. 197. Thank you. Um, it's an easy, kind of an easy read book. There's like pictures all throughout. You can see. So it doesn't feel like It does text. have a lot of little graphics throughout the book I'm seeing yeah. as you're flipping through, which is really nice. So he says, while Hugo can be an intangible and abstract concept, I do believe that we can all we can use all senses to detect it. Hugo has a taste, a sound, a smell, and a texture, and hopefully you will start to see Hugo all around. The taste of Hugo. Taste is an important element of Hugo because it often involves eating something, and that something cannot be too fresh, alternative, or challenging in any way. Okay. The taste of Hugo is almost always familiar, sweet, and comforting. If you want to make a cup of tea more Hugelig, you add honey. If you want to make a cake more Hugelig, you add icing. If you want your stew more Hugelig, you add wine. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
This all sounds very delicious. The sound of Hugo. The small sparks and dynamic crackles of burning wood are probably most Hugo-lig sounds there are. I was just thinking, I've been thinking this whole time about those candles with wooden wicks. Yes, I those love mine. Those are great. Yeah. But don't worry if you live in an apartment and cannot have an open fire without also facing great risk of death. Oh. Many, oh. many sounds. <laughs> That's not a Hugo-lig statement. Many sounds can be Hugo-lig. Actually, well, no, it could be as good as it gets. Actually, Hugo <laughs> mainly has to do with the absence of sounds which enables you to hear even very quiet noises, such as raindrops on the roof, mm-hmm. wind blowing outside the window, the sound of trees waving in the wind, or the creaks of wooden planks that yield when you walk on them. You could play a noise-making playlist on YouTube. Sure. Of- also, the sounds of a person drawing, cooking, or knitting could be hugelig. Any mm-hmm. sound in a safe environment will be the soundtrack of huga. For example, the sound of thunder can be very hugelig if you are inside and feel safe. If outside, not so much. Thank you. Smells like huga. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to say anything, but have Lisa. you ever smelled something that takes you back to a time and a place where you felt safe or Farts. smelled something that, thank you, more than a memory gives you a flashback of how the world used to look when you were a child? Cabbage. Maybe the smell of something that provokes strong feelings of security and comfort, such as the aroma coming from a bakery or the smell of apple trees in your childhood garden or maybe oh. the familiar scent of your parents' house. Oh, my God. I mean, is there anything better then walking down the street and suddenly getting like a whiff of fresh baked bread. Yeah, that's good. That's my favorite. And also there's that candle line called Home. Mm-hmm. I have one from Illinois. Oh. So he basically is like smell uh, what makes smell hugelig for one person is different from the next. Absolutely. But one common element is that they remind us of safety and the sense of being cared for. Mm. Whether it's something to eat or a place, mm-hmm. it just tells you to put your guard down. Yeah. Wow. What does Hugo feel like? He says, as I mentioned earlier, letting your fingers run across a wooden surface, around a warm ceramic cup, or through the hairs of the skin on a reindeer brings out the Hugo. Right. Super mindful coziness. Yeah. Old homemade stuff that has taken a lot of time to make is always more hugelig than manufactured new stuff. And small things are always more hugelig than big things. If the slogan for the USA is the bigger, the better, the slogan for Denmark is the smaller, the more hugelig. Thank you. <laughs> really rolls off the tongue. Exactly. So he says in Copenhagen, almost all the buildings stand only three or four stories high. New houses made out of concrete, glass, and steel do not stand a chance against the Hugo factor in these old buildings. But I also wonder, is that is that because, you know, the it's not bedrock or because, like, the foundation is soft? I don't know. Anything handcrafted, objects created out of wood, ceramics, wool, leather, anything like that is hugelicked, right? God, I really want to go to Denmark Shiny right metal and glass are not, even though, even though they can be old. Okay. Um, I wonder how they feel about the Louvre and the pyramid. Oh, they, well, well the pyramid's not well, hugelicked, but hey. the Louvre is. Uh, seeing Hugo. Hugo is very much about light, as we have said. Too mm. bright is not hugelicked, but Hugo is very much about taking your time. This can be accentuated by watching very slow movements of things. For example, gently falling snow um, or the lazy flames from an open fire. Mm. In short, slow, organic movements and dark natural colors are hugelicked. The sight of a bright, sterile hospital or watching fast-moving vehicles on a highway is not. Oof. Hugo is dimmed, rustic, and slow. Hmm. The sixth sense of Hugo. Hugo is about feeling safe. Hence, mm. Hugo is an indication that you trust the ones you are with and wherever you are. Mm. And the feeling of Hugo is an indication of your feeling of pleasure when someone tells you to go with your gut feeling, mm. that you've expanded your comfort zone to include other people, 
and feel you can be completely yourself around other people. Wow. So Hugo can be tasted, heard, smelled, touched, and seen. But most important, it is felt. In the beginning of the book, I mentioned Winnie the Pooh, and I think his wisdom still holds true. You don't spell love, you feel it. This brings us to the final theme of the book, happiness. So, chapter 14, Hugo and Happiness. This is a grand slam of all the rankings Denmark has on the quality of life and happiness. There's literally a page with drawings of trophies and all the awards that it has. Wow. There's a great quote by Robert Kennedy on page 206 to move to help move away from the GDP as the predominant factor in determining progress of a country, right? right? right. It's um, right here, and it says... The gross national product does not allow for the health of our children, the quality of their education, or the joy of their play. It does not include the beauty of our poetry or the strength of our marriages, the intelligence of our public debate, or the integrity of our public officials. It measures everything, in short, except that which makes life worthwhile. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, on two, page 210, he talks about the welfare state as it relates to happiness. And... Uh, the happiness research, research and so he says there are many reasons why uh, Denmark has the happiest uh, high levels of happiness. Several factors influence why some people and countries are happier than others. Genetics, relationships, health, income, job, sense of purpose and freedom. But one of the main reasons why Denmark does so well in international happiness surveys is the welfare state, as it reduces uncertainty, worries and stress in the population. You can say that Denmark is the happiest country in the world, or you can say that Denmark is the least unhappy country in the world. The welfare state is really good, not perfect, but good at reducing extreme unhappiness. Universal and free health care, free university education, and relatively generous unemployment benefits go a long way towards reducing <sighs> unhappiness. Seriously. This has particular significance for those who are less well-off, yes. a segment of society who is happier in Denmark than in other wealthy, wealthy countries. Yes. Furthermore, there is a high level of trust in Denmark. Notice all the strollers parked outside cafes where the parents are inside drinking coffee. Mm. There is a high level of freedom. Danes report really high levels in terms of feeling in control over their lives, of wealth and good governance, and a well-functioning civil society. These factors, however, don't set Denmark apart from other Nordic countries. Norway, Sweden, Finland, and Iceland also enjoy relatively high levels of welfare. This is why all the Nordic countries are usually found in the top 10 of happiness rankings. Yes, I bet. However, maybe the instance of Hygge is what sets Denmark apart from the rest of the Nordic countries. Mm. I think Hygge and happiness might be linked, as Hygge may be the pursuit of everyday happiness, and some of the key components of Hygge are drivers of happiness. So then he goes into detail looking at them. Well, this makes me think of, I think it was the self-driven child, where my big sister Heather was Mm -hmm. a a special guest host, where... It sounds like a lot of Hugo is also about reflecting on life's experiences. Mm-hmm. You're journaling about what you're grateful about. You're being nostalgic and looking through photos you love. You're reminiscing and saying, hey, remember that time that you're we X, Y, Z? And you're slowing down and being mindful. And in that book, what was that quote? It was like, life is not about our experiences. It's about our reflection on those experiences. Mm, I think maybe, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm butchering it here, but it's basically like if we don't sit down to process, we're not actually experiencing life. Exactly. Yeah. So um, 
so then he goes in. This is where he really uses like his role at the Happiness Institute to mm. kind of make this. So mm-hmm. he makes the case that this social support is the final link that tips Denmark into the happiest ranking. So okay. Hugo pri- prioritizes spending time with your friends and family. And then those policies in place in the government support less stress, right? And those combine to make them happy. Great. So I have all this social support. Mm-hmm. I have all this uh, structural like governmental support mm-hmm. and therefore I'm happy. Um, and he talks about h- how Hugo is savoring the moment, having gratitude, like you were saying, mm-hmm. and gratitude is linked with happiness. Yes. So finally, he talks about how there's skepticism on measuring happiness and how we've talked about before with Aristotle's way yes. and um, the two predominant schools of thought about happiness, right? How it's about measuring um, the feeling versus measuring like the quality of life, kind of the two schools of thought. Right, mm-hmm. right. Because you can have immense quality of life and be uh-huh. very unhappy. That's right, that's right. right. Um, and he leaves us with a quote by Benjamin Franklin. Happiness exists more in small conveniences or pleasures that occur every day than in great pieces of good fortune that happen but seldom. Uh, yeah, I, right? It's so right because, okay. That's the little book of Hugo. This is going to sound super bougie okay. just from the example, but some of my favorite memories are being in Paris with a fresh baguette that is still warm from yes. the bakery. Yes. That you spread a little bit of cheese on or you just eat right there. Yeah. And it's like I could I could sell 10 scripts and it it may not I you know it may not top the pleasure of oh my god a warm fresh bakery. One of my favorite baguettes in Paris was with my friend Andy. We had just walked everywhere and we had just toured Notre Dame and we sat across the street in this little creperie and I was having like a Nutella crepe and it was snowing and like rainy, like rainy, almost snow, not snow. Actually, it wasn't snow. It was rainy. It was like Mm -hmm. drizzly rainy. Sure. But we were sitting outside and we were writing postcards and eating and like it was cold and it was miserable. It was lovely. You had Hugo. I did. In abundance. That Nutella crepe and you were probably wearing a scarf of some kind. I was wearing a beautiful scarf and a cute hat. And and you were with somebody you trusted. And and we were writing postcards to people we loved Telling them about our experience. Oh, in Paris. was there a candle on the table? I'm sure it was. A fucking, I'm sure you know it's what I mean. Paris. It's Paris. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's, it's Paris. Course, course, it was across the street from Notre Dame. It was Paris. Maybe. Merci. Um, anyway, so that's a little book of Hugo. I love that. I'm feeling really inspired to like go home and see how I can make well, everything. You a li- might have some homework. But, okay. Okay. What's my homework? Lay it out. Lay oh, you it want on that me. first? I okay. do. I do. Your listener challenge. To buy and your to homework. replace all the lamps in my house. Thank you. <laughs> to bring some Hugo into your home or your office, just one area, just not the whole space. One small. I know area. exactly where it's going to be. It's going to be that weird front wall when you first walk in. I've got weird high walls. Well, remember that you want to have an area where you can, like, experience Hugo. So, like, sit and enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've got plans for a kitchen nook. So, here we go. So, either use the five dimensions of Hugo, your senses, or that ten things that will make your home more Hugo-lig list. Hugo-lig. I think also self-assigning more candle buying. Sure. I'm going to do that. that for myself. Great. Lisa, that was so wonderful. So, okay, what did you put into practice from this book? Um, what did I? Well, you know, I have dim lighting and I light candles whenever it isn't hot, and I play music throughout my house through my Alexa. Yeah. Oh, and you just put up string lights. I did, and which feels super. I added some plants. You did. I added a reed bamboo, uh, a mother-in-law's tongue, or a reed reed palm or bamboo palm, and a mother-in-law's tongue or snake snake plant. plant. Let's let's get rid of the gender bitch on that. Yeah, thank Uh, you. Snake plant. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Uh, what did this other? And you know what? I will say my other plant in the bathroom since my orchid died and I put it in the snake plant. My other plant is like, I have a friend. Oh yeah, has has have they perked up? He has. Oh, what's his name? Snake. Uh, no, spider plant. Oh wow, that's so common. <laughs> what a what a common. But it's name. spelled differently. It's, it's two T's. Spider plant. It's S P Y D R R R. Yeah. P L A N T T. Yep. Yep. Um, what did uh, What did this author get right? I think it got right really explaining it. Like I really do understand what Huga is, at least yeah. the concept of it. Yes, I think. And so why they too. practice it and how they practice it. What did he get wrong? You know, really, Denmark is a white, predominantly Christian populace. So mm. applying it to a non-white, non-Christian populace is a little. Interesting. Yeah, I was thinking about that because it's like uh, there is that moment where it's like Hugo doesn't have to be expensive, but it you know it can be. Here are cheap ways to do Hugo, but it's also like well, if your basic needs aren't met, but it sounds like they are in Denmark, right? That's right. So that's really interesting. It is really interesting. Okay, and who's this book perfect for? Um, Also, it's very practical, Patty. There's not a lot of woo in here. Yeah, Um, I think it's perfect for someone who's decorating. Yeah. Or who likes communing or who lives somewhere cold. Right. And who's it terrible for? Someone who loves to go to raves. Thank you. If they're like life is a rave. Yeah. Or they're like living that punk lifestyle, punk rock lifestyle, rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah. And don't ever want to turn that off. But even if they do, I feel like they would love a Hugo space. Yeah. And you can have like a dark... Hugo's well, not without light. They love light. Just just candles. Just candles All being right. lit. You get right? it. You get it. Yeah. That's the little book of Hugo. That was wonderful, Lisa. Yay, I'm so glad you enjoyed. Um, and if anybody listening uh is like, oh man, I have the most I have the best tip for Hugo, or here's the thing I like to do to add this that we he didn't mention in the book. Or if you're Danish and you want to tell me how to say it correctly, because I butchered it this this last hour, that's Hugo-lick. fine. Hugo. No, I really, really, really want pictures from our listeners yeah. in Denmark. I'm trying to blow and make a cool nature sound, but into her water bottle. But it's the 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 mouth is too big. Well, everything like you just said is, is requiring a lot of self restraint from me. Fuck it. And with fuck that, it. everybody, may your Hugo be, be abundant. Hugo. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know, you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at G-H-Y podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.